this is this is the euro step in hey everybody uh, my name is jordy kuiper uh i played five years of college ball division one and university of north carolina in greensboro uncg um had a major major in uh, communications and social sciences uh yeah played five years best time of my life and now i'm playing professionally overseas again play one year in iceland one year in spain and now i'm currently playing in france so uh looking forward to get, talk to you a little more about college experience and uh yeah, let's get this thing started, man. Beautiful. Jordy, thank you for joining us today. Um, great, great, great to have you. Yeah, really looking forward to, to the sit-down with you. We're going to jump straight in. How and why um, did you choose uh, UNCG? So, for me, uh, I was 16 years old, and I had an older sister to play college ball in, uh, in Denver. And I visited her and watched her play, and I was like, man, I really want to get a taste of this, this college basketball life. It was like, you know, almost good to, too good to be true. Um, so there was no, no, no schools looking for players in Holland. So when I was 16, I decided to go to Spain, join the Canaries Basketball Academy, where I actually, you know, met, met you, Coach D. So uh, I basically had one year to work my butt off and try to get, get myself noticed and recruited. Uh, definitely the hardest year of my life, but, uh, once I was able to kind of get my, get my flow, my rhythm, improve a little bit. Uh, the one thing that the head coach, Wes Miller from UCG came over to, uh, to, to, to Spain, to Gran Canaria to, to watch another player. Uh, and I was able to, by just trying to outwork, out hustle, out communicate, doing the little things. He actually, I was actually the one to call his eye, um, set me down. We had a talk and I think the biggest thing with him and me and UNCG was that we really shared the same vision about the game. Um, and that's not really necessarily, mostly not about basketball at all. It was mostly about the mental side of it and the team part of it. And, and, and we both considered the same things to be incredibly important in a winning program and a winning culture, uh, which is the little things, which is defense, just family building and, and team first. Um, and he, he believed that I was, uh, a good embodiment of that. Um, he was a starting coach, new coach. I would be part of his first recruiting class coming in. Um, so that was immediately a great click. And then I think the biggest thing too is that, that he was actually there in person to talk to me and I could look him in his eyes and, and, and I could, I feel like most, most people are able to tell when you talk to somebody face to face, when, when they truly mean what they're saying and if there's no type of front, no acting involved, you can, you can really, say a lot about and see a lot about a person when you're face to face so a lot of coaches offered me scholarships through facebook and whatnot and that was great but it didn't have the same emotional connection to me be able to sit down with him face to face so uh i think having that same vision of, of a, what a winning culture looked like and him projecting that onto me immediately hit off from the start and we had an incredible five years and we were able to build up that program to a winning program that uh, one back-to-back -back conference championships my last two years went to the to March Madness the big dance so being able to build something up there from the ground up is by far the most rewarding experience of my life and, and just we really shared that same vision I think that's really really helped us uh, right off right off the, the gate basically uh, that's excellent man that's that's you know um, I think the face-to-face -face thing uh, you know being able to get a visual um 
just like a, yeah. a visual feedbacker, you know, straight away, rather yeah, than um, talking to someone over the phone or via Facebook, you know, the, just it being that mm -hmm. perfect. Um, and I guess, you know, you would have uh, connected with Coach Miller as well because he was young, so kind of, you know, felt yeah. that through the age. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Um, what type of scholarship did you get and did your grades play any factor to it? Yeah, so uh, I, got a, I got a full ride scholarship, really blessed to, to get that. Basically, uh, school paid for, housing paid for, food paid for, um, all included um, at a good school, which was obviously incredible to get, especially in Division One school. Um, and But then, then again, being able to play, say you're a very talented basketball player, that's only one part of it. So if, if you don't have your grades in order, uh, you know, that, that, that opportunity just won't be there because you have to be able to take care of your academics. Um, obviously, I did my equivalent of high school uh, in Holland, which the Netherlands, like the Dutch education system is one that, that's solid. So my grades, I had to get them all uh, translated, moved over to, I guess, the equivalent of American grades translating and whatnot um luckily I, I took always took care of my, my my stuff on that end um and that's that is something that coaches look at man like basketball obviously you got to have talent but i feel like especially nowadays since there is so much talent um which is actually also the reason why i, I believe we were able to turn that program into a winning winning one and winning culture is that coach miller didn't he didn't just look at talent anymore. He was actually more recruiting uh, character. And that stuff is way more valuable than, than just being able to put the ball in the hoop. So, and that, that stuff, having good character, having a good mindset, that stuff obviously translates to other parts of your life. So, you know, if you have a kid that is very talented, seems really great in, 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 in talking to him and talking to his family and, and, and former coaches, you know, and he has good grades too. That's always always a really good indicator of what kind of what kind of guy you are, what kind of player you are, and if you take care of business or not. So that's definitely an important part. Mm. Did your uh, did your GPA allow you to get like a full ride, or do you think you would have got one regardless of your GPA? I do. I don't think that the GPA was something that put me over the edge between getting a full ride or not a full ride. Um, the the spots on the men's basketball team were definitely reserved for a full ride scholarship. Um, there's not uh, that wasn't wasn't never um, talk, talked about to maybe get a, a partially partial scholarship. Um, but uh, like I said, having good grades and a good GPA does make you more attractive as a player because if, if coaches know that you're going to take care of your your business and your responsibility on that that end then that, that makes you more attractive. So um, definitely could put you in, in a better picture and a better limelight because when, when, when coaches break down recruits, they definitely have a subhead for your academics. And if you have, if you took care of that stuff, because they don't want to be, be beyond you 24 seven to make sure that you take wow. care of your business. So if you've already proven that, that definitely puts you ahead for sure. Okay. What, what league did you play or what conference did you play in? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, was it like a, a big dominated league? Was it, uh, you know, guard dominated, fast tempo, slow tempo? Um, what was the league play like? Um, yeah, so I played in the, the Southern Conference, the SOCON. 
it's, it's the oldest conference in, in college basketball. Um, been around for a very, very long time. Um, probably the most notable players to come out of it is Stephen Curry from Davidson. I uh, was in there at the time. Had a great, great uh, NCAA tournament run. Um, and while I was there, uh, it was it was a very, very high level, high competitive uh, league. Very talented, big size, but also it's very all around league. There's some conferences that are very, very big dominated, but this this was really all all about uh, all around uh, team play and uh, very competitive. So I see you play against the same teams several times a year. So. Once you get the conference play and conference tournament play, it's just all about finding little advantages and, and, and whatever team is, is the most cohesive, especially on the defensive end, was what uh, would always make the difference in our league. And we were able to take some big steps from year to year. And when it was um, my last two years, when I became captain of the team and we really were going to have a shot at winning the, the conference title. Uh, was obviously when it was most fun for me, but also most rewarding because I was able to you know, we, we, we established a, a culture and a, a expectation from what, what it would what it takes to be a Spartan every day. And once you're able to establish that standard and hold up hold the new guys to that standard as well, and you really feel that this thing becomes more of a self sufficient thing that you've created that you know that will exist far after you're gone too, that, that that's an incredible feeling. But the league itself was very competitive very high high level high iq players and it was it was definitely i would say the highest level of basketball i've ever i've ever played even to this day even with three years of professional basketball under my belt wow. that's great yeah okay got you what helped you to graduate um while you still played the game of basketball so what helped you with your studies um and were are there any hacks any shortcuts kind of, you know, to kind of help out in terms of getting it done? You mean while 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 in college, you mean? Yeah, 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 in college. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, they always, they always, it's, it's a phrase they use a lot, is like you're a student athlete, so student comes first. And it's kind of a cheesy line, but it, it is true. Like if you don't, you know, if you don't take care of your academics, you will not be able to practice or play. So for me, that was already more than enough motivation to get my stuff done. Um, and other than that, I have to say that my, my time in Holland in the school system in high school really prepared me well because it taught me to um, just manage your time well and, and, and get, get stuff in it done in advance or, or maybe, you know, just really good time management skills was something that you, def you definitely need in college. And it's something when you come in as a freshman, you're just not going to be good at. But uh, I would say probably my biggest advice is um college has incredible resources there's always these academic support departments and their sole job is to be there for you to help you right so they'll they can help you plan they can help you organize your time and and and, and manage that stuff because you're going to have a ton of practices a ton of lifts a ton of games a ton of traveling and it's going to be overwhelming and insane at times so I would the biggest thing I would say is don't be afraid to reach out for help because there's there's going to be so many people around you that are willing and able to help you manage your stuff because you know it's not it's a big deal to balance all these things at once you know because it takes full commitment to even play at that high of a level and let alone 
complete a university degree with it. So I would say don't be afraid to reach out. And if it feels like it's coming too much, too many projects, too many deadlines, be sure to reach out in time and they'll be able, be able, be able to kind of organize your thoughts and, and stuff. So that's it's always really important to not get lost and uh, overwhelmed and all the stuff that's coming at you, all the deadlines and whatnot. Okay, I got, I got you. That, that sounds pretty good. Um, what, what, is there anything in particular that you had success with? Any methods in terms of, you know, getting into a routine? Was you a before practice kind of guy? Was you an after practice weekend? Like, how did you kind of structure your time? Um, I would, I was definitely someone who got most of my work done at night. Like, I wanted to focus on basketball and get my workouts in. I usually have practice or workouts in the morning, usually weights. Then I go to class and another practice right after classes. So I would, obviously there's a lot, there's quite a bit of procrastinating and getting <laughs> stuff done last minute. But like I said, man, there's, there's, there's so many great resources. Like every, every university has a, has a library that's open 24 seven with quiet workspaces. Um, one thing I can say that I wasn't good at is like, I couldn't be in my apartment or in my dorm. Like that was not the most productive environment for me. Right. So yeah, I'd just be playing video games or, you know, whatever. So, um, too many distractions. Right. So one thing that did help me was just go out to the library or go somewhere else where you feel like you have a quiet, quiet working space, just kind of help you focus and really be productive instead of just, you know, whooping people's butts in 2K or whatnot. So it was just too too enticing and too much fun to just play video games. I said, oh, I'll do it later, but now before you know it, you're up at 2.33 a.m. writing papers that are due the next morning. You don't, you don't want to be in that position. <laughs> uh, so to Pete, he said the same thing, man. He said sometimes, man, you just get lost. And he said he'd be in the gym and he'd just sleep over in the gym so he wasn't late for practice in the morning. So Exactly. Man, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to speak about a change of roles. So, obviously, when you was back home, um, you was a pretty dominant or a focal player on your club team back at home. Um, and then when you transitioned, you know, uh, coming over into college basketball, um, your role changed. You wasn't the guy, you wasn't the, the franchise guy, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, how did you deal with Absolutely. that? How... how, how um, how did that work for you? How did you find a deal with that adjustment period of, I don't want to say like the king of the castle, but from a league guy to a now a role player? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you start at the bottom of the totem pole, man. Um, the, the thing is though, you, I was able to flip that switch pretty quickly. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, especially with, 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 with you know, kids that are highly recruited, like, they get all this attention. They're they're hyped up by all these coaches, and then obviously you're gonna. It's hard to not kind of buy into that. And but then as soon as you step on the campus, you're a freshman, man. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. You don't know anything, and you can be as talented as you were, or, or getting buckets in high school. But you're, you know, especially that first year. Some often the second year too, man. You're, poo. It's rough. But um, I think. One of the things that helped me is that like there there actually is such a huge leap between high school basketball or equivalent of club basketball and college basketball is that you're going to be so overwhelmed with the speed, with the physicality, 
with all the systems being thrown at you, all the defensive schemes that, you know, you, you cannot, the, the only way for you to succeed in that environment, is you're, you're, you're getting thrown in with the Sharks right away. And I do that on purpose, which in the, my later years in college was my favorite part, was just seeing all these freshmen there thinking they're, they're all that. They're, they're coming in. They're coming into preseason practices, and we know, we all know what's coming. <laughs> and we don't say a word. And, and the coach just goes, all right, guys, here we go. And he just calls out all this, this this stuff that's just like, they don't even know what hit them. And they're just, at the end of practice, they're just laying down there like, what in the world just happened? And, <laughs> but what I was going to say is like, there, there is just the only way for you to succeed in that environment is to humble yourself, is to to open yourself up to criticism and just because you want to figure it out as soon as possible and you cannot do that if you continue on in that stubborn oh i'm all this i'm supposed to be you don't you don't you don't deserve anything you don't you don't deserve a minute on the court you don't you gotta start at the bottom of totem pole you gotta earn every single thing that that, that comes your way and i was fortunate enough to be part of a, uh, a university in a program that that embodied that culture too like we recruited some of the some incredibly talented freshmen, um, guys that will probably end up going to the league in a year or two, and they were like gods in high school, right? They got everything yeah. they wanted. They were like incredible, but like even they knew when they stepped on campus, if they saw their upperclassmen and their their you know their 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 current franchise players. Um, still approach these practices and workouts with the same humbleness that that a, a freshman should have. How can we not look at that and see like, okay, well, if they're not even like that, then how how am I? What position am I to demand or, or act a certain way? If even the the most you know highly looked at or regarded players on the team approach this every practice and every day the same humble way and, and eager learned eager way that 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 I should. So like, it, it's it's kind of those things where you should. You should try to establish that in, in a culture as a team, as a program, but you should definitely come in eager to learn, open and humble if you want to be successful long-term college basketball player. Uh, I love it, man. Uh, always always rough up the new guys, man. The freshmen get it. Oh, it's so get the work. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Um, with the knowledge you have now, um, if you could redo three things uh to start your college career what will those three things be it doesn't mm. have to be exactly three good question what what things would you redo now if you were to start college um well so there's there's this thing that a lot of people say and i, I agree with it is that like every year in college goes by faster right and then when you tell freshmen that you're like there's they're like there's no way because this, this season's flying by um but i think the biggest thing that i would tell myself when i was 17 18 going to college is like just to enjoy the moment more man because i'm a three-year pro now and i'm like i would give anything to go back to college man that that it was the best time of my life and my last two three years especially two years i started to actually realize and appreciate how special it is and that there's no time or place like it in the world and you'll never ever get back in that situation ever again no matter how how good or cohesive of a team you have in the pros it's just no way to simulate that college experience 
and, and within the team and, and outside of the court. So I would able I would just tell myself to kind of take more moments where I would just stop and, and and like appreciate everything, man, and be thankful for the opportunity that you get. And instead of I, I feel I like I was just stressed a lot and like overthinking things and like I don't want to I want to be good. I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to do this. But like in that, you're kind of so obsessed with what's ahead that you're not enjoying the present. And I think that's something that a lot of freshmen, um, I, I, I told all the freshmen after my, my later years too, like just enjoy the moment and you're only gonna be a freshman once. And after that, you blink a couple of times and you're graduating. So really live in the moment and just take every day as a learning experience. And college is the time you not only develop as a basketball player, prepare for whatever is next with basketball, but it's like really the most for me, the most important years of my life is as, as becoming a man and, and learning about yourself. And that's an experience that I wish everybody could have and, and really wish I could enjoy to the fullest. Mm, well, that kind of ties into our next question. Um, what's the best part of playing college ball? Whew. I don't know how long you want this 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 interview to be, but I can go on for hours, man. Um, I would say, uh, I would just say that it brought a you got a group of guys from eighteen to like twenty four, twenty five years old um, that are going to war every single day together, and like a band of brothers for representing something that is like bigger than themselves right and that's something that you feel not on the court or when you play a game in front of tens of thousands of people but you feel it in the community you feel it at the university walking around campus you feel it uh with like restaurants or local businesses in the city like you really feel like you're representing something that has a rich history and you're hopefully you're trying to be be a part of uh an important and a memorable part of uh of, of that long lineage of, of, of time and I will I will man like go waking up every morning going to workouts going to practices having that, that it's just a bond that I don't like I said before I'm 100% sure and I've talked to people that have played professionally for a long time like you never ever can get that same sense of togetherness and that bond that we had that, that you had in college with, with, your, with your teammates it really becomes your family and especially for a kid like me because like, I'm from overseas so I came there didn't know anybody had no friends no family there so like even for international kids more than American kids you throw yourself in this community in this university and that becomes your new home right so um having this community and, and, and this this family, this band of brothers and this, this coaching staff and all that uh, welcome you with open arms and then being able to do something special together is like, it's just a feeling that's hard to describe and it's just, it, it, it's, it's one of the, like I said, it's the best time in my life and especially for an international kid to go overseas not knowing exactly how it's going to be, never, wasn't able to visit the school at all and then for it to just click and, and, and for you to have such an incredible five years. Um, it's, 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 it's very, very special. And I still talk to the guys every single day. So I talk to the coaches a lot. So it's like, it's something that's not just five years and you're done, right? It's part of, it becomes part of who you are and it really defines you as a person. And that lasts for the rest of your life. So for sure.
Man, that was that was great. Hey, you're making me want to put in my papers. I, I don't know if I'm eligibility's up or you what. Eligibility left, man. <laughs> kind of on the same note. How was it playing uh, with those fans? You know, with the, the the fans that come and watch college ball. Um, and give me some examples of like good and bad, I guess. Or I don't know if you had any bad or whatever. But I'm. Oh man. What's well, it? I- I mean, I got like I got two tattoos of like championship rings that we won my last two years. I see, my bad. No, 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 but wait, wait. That's this is the point. Like my first two, three years, like we were not good at all. Like we were pretty horrible. So we, um, one of the recruiting things that Coach West used, and which was uh, Coach Miller. I apologize. Um, which was great too is like we played in this arena called the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, I grew up in Holland and I watched some basketball there and like the best team was from my hometown and they had an arena of like almost 3,000 people and I thought this was like the most incredible, like it can't get bigger than this type of deal. And um, when I came to college, like our, our arena seated almost like 20, 22,000 people, something like that. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe a little, no, I don't know, it was a lot, yeah, between 15 and 20, I think for sure. And, um, but then again, like it's Sounds cool, right? But if you have a if you don't have a winning culture or a winning program, you don't you don't have this buzz in the community. You go out to play there, and like you have a thousand or maybe two thousand people there. That place feels huge and empty, man. Like I used to be able to hear the cleaning lady in the corner of the like yell something at us, or like cuss us out for doing something wrong, and then just echo around the whole place. And it was horrible, man. Like it was still such an awesome venue, but like it's just different, right? So. But as you know, if you win, winning basketball attracts people always. So our last two years, you know, the, the, the stadium filled up. But nonetheless, like there's people, most of the people, not most, but a lot of people that come to the games are people that have their own hearts with the school. They probably went there, know somebody went there. They're from they're from the local area, so they all are really invested into the school. So you're also representing them. You're not just representing your team, but you're representing the people as well. And once you start winning and you're, you, 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 you know, you, you behave properly and you, you respectfully carry that, that, that burden of representing that whole, whole community. I don't even want to say burden because it sounds like kind of negatively, but you get my point. Um, it is one of those things that you really feel like you're on this journey together. And that's a very special feeling. Um, one of my, I don't, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of stuck a little bit as a nickname, but people call me the Vanilla Gorilla. Uh, while I was in college, that nickname was Born Born, and they used to, we used to have little kids come out to the games in full albino gorilla suits, like dancing around and stuff like that. So like, especially being there for five years, you definitely create a special bond with the fans and especially people that come every, every game. And those are people that I still talk to like regularly, even three years out from college. So. The relationships that you build in college are, are ones that usually definitely last a long time. Mm, nice. um, have you got any negative experiences with the fans? Um, you know, anyone saying stuff to, you know, put you off your game or shouting abuse at you or, you know, is there any? Um, well, not necessarily for my own fans. Well, when I was a freshman, I have very limited minutes. So like I said, I was just so obsessed with like trying to do well. And I I, I don't think I've ever s- 
told anyone this, but when I used to play, even if it was like a handful of minutes a game, I would sometimes go online after the game and look at like the fan boards to see if people would like mention me or said anything about me. And uh, sometimes there was people that would say like, you know, this guy's not going to be anything or he's not good enough or whatnot. And I would always kind of use that as fuel to kind of keep working. It's not like I would do it to kind of search validation or anything, but I was always curious to see what people would think. Um, but all in, I would say my the fans from my own school have always been really supportive. That's something great. But I mean, it gets the fans are crazy, right? So our fans are really passionate and crazy about Spartan. But like, we had some really intense rivalries for like East Tennessee State or or Wofford, and there were some some serious. I don't want to hatred might be a big word, but that it's getting pretty close, especially not just among amongst fans, but like that the, the rivalries were, were so much fun because it would start days and days before or I you know slander on social media. I would get, me and my teammates would get tagged in pictures and like cussed out on social media and we would all love it. Like it would, wouldn't affect us at all. Just, you know, whatever, it's just part of the game. But um you know, sometimes they would might they might have crossed the line a little bit here and there with certain things but i always told the guys never take that stuff personal like you know it is what it is we just let our game talk and we take the w and we go home and then they'll they'll shut up but it, <laughs> you know from cut out boards of personal pictures on, on, on the depths of my facebook or pictures i've never even seen before holding up old big size cut boards during the games like getting cussed out on, on it was you know it's all part of it but i, I i've developed a pretty thick skin and never got to me but you know i would get heckled like crazy um one maybe one example is there was a, a team vmi uh, virginia military institute military school really tough to go to one to, to those schools i really respect like those guys a lot and man i would just get heckled and cussed out and all game long what's and the, i actually the, went up to dunk what's that what's the worst thing someone's ever said well, before we went on, on the air, you told me that, that I couldn't cuss, so I, I mean, we can't, it's going to be a lot of beeping for you in the edits, man. I can't be... <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> Let's just say they, that, that I'll give you the PG. They just didn't think I was a... I, they didn't think I was that good of a basketball player, and they, they told me to make sure that, that I knew. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was all about, you know, being just a white boy. I'm fat, I'm slow, I'm horrible, this and that. But then I... Um, I actually went up to dunk a basketball like I pushed him my back and I landed wrong with my wrist and I, and I broke my broke my wrist. Um, this was my second year in college. So I was out for the rest of that season, which is actually why I played five years instead of four. And actually from from that point on, there was there was a game away, which is it's a rough place to play, it's rowdy, but I love those kinds of environments, but I couldn't play. And like halfway through the game out of nowhere this chant started and they were all chanting like we want jordy like they were actually like kind of supported like because you because you kind of go back and forth with each other so you especially when you're there for a long time you, you actually get a bond with them as well and like i said if you're at your game talk then eventually you know the, the animosity or the, the the negativity always ends up in being respect at the end of the day if you if you go about it the right way so fair enough <laughs> i like it um Okay, so switching to the second half of the questions. Um, so you was in North Carolina, right? Yeah. 
What's the weather like in North Carolina? What, you know, what are the seasons like? Is it really cold? Is it hot? You guys got mosquitoes, tornadoes? Tell me. Um, North Carolina, is, it's pretty unpredictable. So it's definitely quite humid. Um, but the thing about where I was in Greensboro, North Carolina, is like it could be it could be start of a beautiful day, nice and sunny, no clouds in the sky, and then by the afternoon it would just be thunderstorms and rain like crazy. So it was like all over the place. Um, there was no point of even checking the weather reports because you never knew what would really come, like what would happen. Um, but coming from Holland, where it was always kind of chilly and rains and rained a lot, it, it was the summers were really hot in, in North Carolina. Um, the one thing that was probably the biggest weather related thing there was like in the winter, it would only, it would only if the weather report from the day, the day before would say there was like a 10% chance of snow, everybody would lose their minds because they were not ready to handle any type of snow or ice or, or on the roads or what, what not. So the main roads would get like salted out with the salt trucks that every, every other road was just slippery as hell and dangerous and like there was one, there was like a stretch of like a week or two weeks in the winter time where um, it was predicted to be like minus, almost throughout the whole week, like minus five degrees Celsius or something. And they just shut, they closed the schools just because of the cold. Like, because they were just so worried about like people getting in accidents just from like slippery roads. And I'm like, I grew up in Holland. I was riding my bike within like 10, 15 centimeters of snow, riding my bike to school every day. I never had a, a snow day in my life. So that was, that was, that was definitely something. But yeah, North Carolina, it, it, it gets extreme. We got some tornado warnings here and there, nothing too crazy, but it was hot summers, dry, humid, but. You know, America got air conditioning everywhere, so you never have to worry about, you know, being hot inside because every single building you can think of has, has an AC unit, so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, make sure you uh, take an umbrella with you when you got your shorts and flip-flops on, huh? Yeah, damn right. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the time difference between Holland and North Carolina? Uh, it's six hours, so eastern uh eastern time so right now so holland is six hours ahead so let's say right now it's 7 30 it's about 7 30 p.m here i mean it's like 1 30 in uh, north carolina so I, whenever i go to bed uh here and i'm sleeping i wake up in the morning at like eight or nine my phone would be blown up with messages from all my american friends that are you know hitting me up through the night during their night time and all, all the yeah. chats with teammates and whatnot so I always, always got some catching up to do I even wake up a little earlier just to make sure I catch up on all my all my American, uh, American stuff traveling over or to and from um, how did you deal with the jet lag did you feel it was it bad or you know, how did you kind of deal with that so the biggest thing for me is um, going from Europe to the States was never that big of an issue for me um, the biggest thing for me was like, as soon as you get there, make sure that you immediately just adopt the time and live by it. So like, especially with eating on time and like, even though it might be, the first days it was gonna be a little tricky, make sure you, you probably gotta have to stay up a little bit to, to you know, get back in that in that time. If, as soon as you're on it, on day one, you're good to go. But going from the US to Europe was horrible, man. It was bad um, because 
I would usually end up landing pretty early local time in Holland. And that would mean that, you know, you would have to stay up to, to catch on to the European time again. And you're landing at like eight or 9 a.m. If you go to sleep at like two or three and you wake up at seven, you're screwed. Your whole schedule's messed up. So you would have to force yourself to stay up and stay up. So that was always really rough. But then again, you know, if, if I were to go home, it's because of summer break, right? So I don't have to be ready for practice or workouts the next day. So I had my time to kind of adjust. But I never had any trouble with going from Europe to the U.S., but always going from U.S. to Europe was the one that really got me. And I've heard from several others that, that that's always usually the case. Yeah, we've heard that a bit. Um, yeah. What's the must-see destination um, in North Carolina? If, you know, uh, I just bought my ticket and I said, hey, Jay, where have I got to go? Uh, you know, what's, what's the hot spot in North Carolina? Sheesh, North Carolina, it's a big state, man. There's... Oh, where you I going? Don't know. I mean... Greensboro. Yeah, so Greensboro probably doesn't have a lot of crazy sightseeing things, but one of the things that I love about the area that I was at is that it has such a rich history of college basketball. So, like, North, you know, UNC, New Jersey, North Carolina is right there. Duke is right there. There's all these Wake Forest. There's all these great, great schools with with incredible histories, in in, in a you know in a in a radius of not that you know, not that much time. It's all really pretty close. So like especially for somebody who is interested in basketball, I would I would just definitely go visit those schools, check out some of the museums. Um, obviously. Seeing you know, some of the most legendary players to ever play basketball went to school in this area. And it's it's an area with such a rich basketball history that it, that can be seen and, and felt and heard throughout the state from you know all, all across. So um, especially for a basketball geek, there's a lot of interesting stuff to see when it comes to college basketball uh, in North Carolina. Okay, um, what's the best place to get food in Greensboro? So yeah, that's that's a very very loaded question. Um, Greensboro has the best burger that I've ever had in my life. Uh, it's a place called Emma Keys. It is it is by far the best burger on the planet called Emma Keys. Um, but I was really blessed at UCG because we had one of the largest cafeterias in the country, and it was huge. And we had, I think I still have it actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll definitely not, I'll never get rid of this. So we had Spartan cards. Okay. And every time you would you know, want to go into the calf, you use one swipe and you have a certain amount of swipes per week. And basketball players have unlimited swipes. Uh oh. And you can tell them this bad boy is worn out. <laughs> so like, that's basically all you can eat food. And then if you can make me happy one thing, it's all you can eat food. So we did have the Asian cuisine, we had Italian, pasta, they, they had everything. And that was a really, really nice place to eat. So I, I spent a lot of time there. And then probably one of the things I miss most about American food, even though it's not typical North Carolina, it's I love Chipotle, man. Chipotle is my, my favorite. Um, I could always go pick up a bowl. You know, get some protein in there. That that, that was my go-to. So uh, I definitely miss that. I, I definitely hole in the market for somebody to fill in in Holland to get some Chipotle's going. That that would make a living, a mil millions of dollars. You know, with, with that franchise opening up there. So 
Oh, that's that's something for you to invest in. Uh, I might have to. I might have to try and talk to somebody. Get get that going. Um, yeah. Where's the best place? Uh, Sorry again. Where's the best place to get kicks? Ooh, there there there's a in Greensboro. There there's a mall, Four Seasons Mall. They got some good spots in there. Um, the the thing for me is that I'm a big guy, so um, it's hard for me to get my sizes. So I would always go online and, and order or order through there. But locally in Greensboro, there is a, a couple of really good sneaker spots at, at, at the mall, at Four Season Mall. Um, and usually they're able to kind of hook you up with some prices too if you're a, if you're a student athlete. Do not actually tell anybody that I said that because that's NCAA violations. But that's just that's the prices for everybody. Everybody gets a discount. It doesn't matter if you're a basketball player. It was the connection that messed up. That's why I said right away. <laughs> Next question, D. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, what's the best American holiday? Best American holiday. Um, they actually have a lot of holidays. A lot, and, a lot of holidays. Yeah, and I would say all of them are. I, I, I would say the especially when you're just there. I think the the best ones are the ones that you don't know they're coming, and you're just ready to get for work, ready for workouts or classes, and. I don't know where you have a day off and you're like, oh crap, okay, yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, uh, there's a lot of, I would say Christmas probably, because even though we have it over here as well, Christmas is a huge deal over there and, you know, it's just like the movies, man, they go all out and you, it's impossible to be in the U.S. around Christmas time and not get all caught up in the, in the Christmas feels, man, it's, it's an awesome awesome holiday and especially to want to celebrate it in america it's really cool okay i feel you um i'm surprised it's not thanksgiving especially like you know you made the deal about the the card swiping you know for the food i thought thanksgiving would have been a, a, a easy layup man i've been i've been out of I've been away from the u.s for three years now and that that's how long it's been because that but when it comes to food there's no better holiday, man. They go all out with with the food when it comes to uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving. Those meals have had me full for the whole week after that, for sure. It was incredible food. Absolutely right. Containers like to to go plates full for for weeks, huh? amazing man the green beans the, the mac and cheese and it's not it's just that's the one thing about america too man the portions are huge and like i love to i drink a lot when i eat so like all the reef the refills are incredible refills every restaurant cups that are that big man don't get me started that's um did you get homesick at all and and how did you deal with being homesick um Obviously, I miss, I missed home a lot, um, you know, I, as everyone probably would, but mostly, you know, the people, family and friends. But I have to say that I've had, I had teammates that live like an hour away or two hours away from home and they would, I would see them get so homesick and I would always kind of figure out, I would think to myself, like, like I'm, I'm from overseas, but I don't really feel that homesick. How are you? actually am feeling like how are you homesick but 
the thing for me with that is like they're two hours away, right? So there's one car drive, car ride away, and ha having that that in your head at all times, like oh, I can go home, like I'm so close to home. I feel like that almost makes it worse. Like if I'm I, I'm across the pond, I'm I'm a eight nine hour flight away, and like there's no chance in hell that I'll be able to go home for a weekend or anything like that. So I feel like subconsciously that kind of helps you get into the mindset of like, right, I'm here now. I'm not gonna go home until you know summer and it kind of helps you change your mindset not even think about it too much plus your life in college and your schedules are just so insane and so crazy and so busy that you know me i didn't even have a lot of time to feel homesick it was not until like maybe after the season that i would have another month or two months left where i had no workouts or less workouts and less school and then when you're alone with your thoughts and you kind of have a lot of free time that's when you that stuff creeps in when when i'm when we're going full speed in the season man you're just enjoying the ride and you're like a almost like a rock star on tour man you just go from place to place from practice to practice it's, it's, it's so much fun you don't even have time to think about being homesick at least i didn't okay i feel you how did you deal with distractions um so you know at, at college and i guess this is a um i always leave it to to the end but you know, being in college, there's a lot of parties, drinking, drugs, girls, so on and so on. So how did you deal with um, these distractions? Yeah, man, it's um, especially from being overseas, you, you kind of only the only picture you have is like from the movies, like crazy college parties and girls. And you think, you know, it's kind of over the top in the movies, but it, it does get pretty crazy like that. And for for me, it was um obviously the athletes are always kind of put on this pedestal and they always get extra attention and, and, and exposure um our school did not have an, a football team so men's basketball was like the, the poster child of the school right so anywhere you went like if i had to go to a class and it was like a five minute walk it would always take like 15 minutes because people would stop me and talk to me and like it's just kind of like comes with the territory but um it also translates to all the other stuff, man. Um, we used to have meetings, or we they still do have meetings before every year where they sit the whole team down and they like um, educate and prepare all the guys for the, for the types of situations they're going to be in um, when it comes to parties, when it comes to girls, when it comes to being alone with girls. Um, especially with you know today's day and age there there's a lot of uh opportunities to put yourself in situations where you know it can be really dangerous like um you do not want to be put in a situation where where somebody um accuses you of something or you get put in a situation where somebody uh you know saw you at a party with where people were doing drugs or like if you're on a fight or you're if you're in a, in a, at a, at a house party and a fight breaks out and you had nothing to do with it, but you were just there, then the headline is going to be UNCG basketball player was at this party when the fight broke out. Like it's always going to be about you, even though you had nothing to do with it. So you have to make sure that you're aware of that extra um, exposure and almost that target that you have on your back. Um, I was fortunate enough. I, I didn't, I feel like I was strong enough. My first year, it was all really overwhelming and parties and girls, and it was really, really cool for me as a young. 18 year old to kind of you know experience it a little bit um obviously you kind of have to go through that of course um but i did realize pretty early on that 
you can have fun and college is the most fun you'll ever have in your life and probably ever have in your life that freedom that comes with everything but as long as it does it cannot go against this mission that you're on with the team as long as those two do not clash in conflict then you can definitely have fun absolutely um but i, I would say the biggest thing is be very careful and like especially when it comes to girls man like you just do not want to be going around sleeping around with all these girls because it's dangerous, man. Like, especially in this day and age, you know, I've heard, I've seen a lot of stories of, of, of guys and also girls get put in situations where they're there might be accused of something or they, or they, you know, it's always, especially when alcohol is involved, man, those, that's, that's a deadly combination. So you always want to be careful that, that that's not just for athletes, but for everyone, but especially with athletes and, Luckily, there's a lot of great educational stuff that's done before the season to make sure the guys are ready for that. And, you know, social media and don't, you know, you don't want to be, you got to be aware of, you know, don't want to be put on recorded doing something you're not supposed to do. And, you know, the best thing to do that is just to avoid all of it together. But obviously, you're not going to because you're in college. So just be aware, be safe, and always stick around with teammates because, you know, you always got each other's back when, when, when stuff does go down. So that, that's a good advice, I guess. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's, that's that's pretty good, and I think, um, especially having these talks um, with you guys and girls, I think the one thing that's reoccurring is like an understanding that stuff's gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? You're you're gonna go out and you're gonna explore, yeah. and you're gonna come across these instances. It doesn't make you. Um, no, it's not unnatural to be asked to drink when you're underage and it's not unnatural to be you know oh let's go to this party let's do this let's try this and i think absolutely not. i think that the general consensus that i'm hearing is that hey just you know make sure you're in a controlled environment make sure you're around some good people um and kind of just have a reality check with yourself to say hey this is why i'm here um, and you know, it, it, it should pan out most of the time, if not all of the time. So, um, yeah, I really, I really do appreciate yeah, it. The big, yeah, man. So like, like exactly what we just said, man, like the last thing you want to tell these kids is like, don't, don't do this. Don't go to parties. Don't do this. Cause when you're in college, like it, it's, it's gonna, you, you have to go out and explore and discover yourself a little bit to see where your limits are at, see how you respond to these situations. And like the best way to do it is to do it in a, like you said, a safe environment. Right. So like, that's one of the things, big differences between America and Europe. Obviously the drinking age in Europe is very low. You, when I was growing up, it was 16 years old. You could have like a beer and whatnot. But the thing is that like when you're 16, you're kind of discovering your limits with drinking. There's always parents or friends around at that age that are kind of there to kind of be the safety net. And at a young age, when you're able to kind of discover like where your limits are, then you're prepared to when you go to these these scenarios, you kind of know what to expect. Right. And in, in America, the drinking age is 21. You got all these kids that grow up sometimes very sheltered from their families and they're, they're not exposed to parties or drinking or, or girls or guys in, in, in other cases at all. And then they go to college on their own for the very first time. And then they go out and experience all this freedom and all this. And they, they just go crazy. They go off the rails. Right. And that's just the exact result that you're going to have if you are constantly 
telling people not to do certain things. Like it's okay to go out and try a little bit, you know, see how, how it is, how you respond to it. And that's the best way to kind of discover where your limits are at. And that's the best way to kind of just discover just how you respond to those situations. But like I said, safe environment, always be, be. And I would say the biggest thing is always be aware that you're not just Jordy Kuyper at a party. You are representing the entire men's basketball team, the entire school, the entire athletic department at all times. And that's with everything you do. So if you if you mouth off or you cuss at, at like even a waitress in one restaurant, right? That one person's vision or, or, or idea of the entire school, the entire athletic department can be changed in an instant. You, you can never know what kind of trickle down effect that might have. You're always representing the school at all times and you should carry that out with, with pride and honor and dignity. And that's something that I think is very important. What is your advice? that you would give to anyone watching this, um, you know, planning to go to college? I would probably, um, I would say the biggest thing for me is that the most rewarding and most special memories and experiences that I've had were, I mean, they were obviously basketball related, but I think the most you know sometimes more important is the bigger picture like and the relationship you have with the people and in the community right so coming to a new country a new situation a new community not knowing any anybody whatsoever um i would really advise them to really just take a leap of faith and just throw yourself into this community get to know as many people as possible um and that way when you know, the, 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 this community throughout these four or five years or however many years you're there are truly becoming a part of who you are as you're, as you're developing and maturing. And that, that chemistry, that experience of, of experiencing this whole new place, all these new people, while also discovering what kind of person you are, what kind of adult you're going to be, it, it's so much more rewarding when you're as open-minded as possible and never shy away from a new experience. Um, whether it's on the court or off the court and just really try to live in the moment and, and not worry too much about, oh, I'm not playing in my first year. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You're a freshman. Like you're not supposed to, there, there's no expectations whatsoever from a freshman. They're, 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 they're there to learn, they're there to discover. And it's not until two or three years in that you're really going to be able, you know, usually your second year you start to realize, okay, yeah, the game is slowing down. I'm starting to get a hang of this thing. Every single player, no matter how good or bad they are, they went through the same thing you went to, and it's okay. And don't put too much pressure on you right out of the gate. Like, enjoy yourself. Don't don't worry about you know playing X amount of minutes or, or putting out this amount of points right away. It's okay to not be you know this incredible college player out of the gate, and that's not just with basketball, but also off the court, you know, take your time to develop yourself and just enjoy the ride. Cause like I said, man, I told you already, I, I would give up anything to go back for just one more year of college. Cause it's just so incredible. Man, man that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, as I said, you, uh, I might, I might go check the, uh, clearing house when we get off this zoom and see, see if I can play, man. You got me wanting to, you got me inspired. <laughs> Definitely got me inspired. Um, and the last question that I wanted to ask you um, is pertaining to you. So um, you have diabetes. 
Um, yep. And, you know, you've done, you've been pretty inspirational, you know, even me watching in the background and seeing you do your thing and, you know, have your talks and um, talk to a whole group of, or a bunch of different groups of people about it. Do you want to talk about how uh, playing with diabetes and a, a long-term condition, like how has you supported, um, what was the challenges? Um, you know, just, just touch on that briefly. Yeah, so um, I was like really happy, active kid playing basketball when I was like eight or nine years old and started feeling really sick out of nowhere and lost a lot of weight and felt re really bad. So I went to the hospital and found out that I had uh, type one diabetes. Um, completely changed your life right you know, immediately. Um, basically, you have to be cautious of every single thing you put in your body, eating, drinking. You have to know how, how much sugar is in it. Um, basically, a really quick summary. If if you, uh, Coach D, were to go eat dinner, there's sugar in, in, in the food, of course. So you, you eat it, your blood sugar will go up, but your body would immediately make insulin to make sure that your blood sugar levels stay perfectly normal. And people with diabetes like I, like I have, uh, do not make any insulin ourselves. So every time we eat, we have to count the carbs. Um, and then I have a, uh, a insulin pump that's connected to my body at all times that actually gives me the insulin that I need. Um, so it's basically a 24 seven full-time job to manage your blood sugar levels, which is already hard enough to do when you're not playing sports. You know, there's a reason why there's not a high, a lot of high level professional athletes with diabetes. There are a few, I wish there were more. Um, just takes a lot of hard work and ded dedication to kind of be on top of all that at all times. Um, but I remember probably the most important thing for me was that as soon as I got the diagnosis as a little kid, the first thing I asked my doctor was like, okay, this is all very overwhelming and, and kind of scary, but like, can I still play basketball? And he said, yeah, you can, but it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice to make sure you're, you're at the same level as all the other kids. But that's all I needed to hear. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids that when when they get the diagnosis, they are just overwhelmed with scary information. Don't do this. Don't do that. And be careful with this. If that's the first thing you hear when you, when you're a kid, and the first thing you hear as a family, that's the mindset you're gonna have. And that's the, the mentality you're gonna ad adopt. So, I try to use my story as hopefully an inspiration to kind of show, like, hey, man, like you're you're diabetic, but you can do whatever you want. Doesn't have to be sports; it can be anything. Like, if you are willing to put the work in, like, it's not going to be perfect. Everyone has makes mistakes. Everyone has bad days. Even I do. I, I never want to put out the picture that I'm like this perfect role model because no one is. And that's, I also think that's the beautiful thing about playing with diabetes is that like I can still learn. I still learn so much from kids and families that I talk to. I talk to kids on a weekly basis um, that ask me questions: How do you do this? How do you do that? And they sometimes think that I'm this guru that has these the, the magic you know solution to everything, and I really don't. And I actually still pick up things, new things from these kids, talk to them, and that's the the, the experience of exchanging experiences is something that's very very special and rewarding. So um, I would just say that you know it it has helped me and put me in perspective that like I've had some injuries, you know, I, I've had, you know. I had, some, had a minor knee surgery this summer. I've broken bones before, but every time I have a setback like that, I always realize, well, a broken bone or or a sore 
uh, sprained ligament, you know, that's nothing compared to what I already played with and what I've already overcome uh, with my diabetes. So it always kind of helps me, um, you know, rel you know, kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And I'm like, no, man, I'm very blessed to already have so much, uh, so much awesome experiences of, on my resume and uh, all, all that I've achieved already with, with, with diabetes, it's all been wonderful. And I just try to hopefully be, even if it's just a little bit of an inspiration to, to people to kind of show that like, hey man, like I can do this. You can definitely do whatever you want to do as well. Um, so that's it. But like I said, don't want to uh, make it seem like I've beaten or cracked the code or anything because I still struggle every day as well. So that, that's definitely a big takeaway is that it's not, no one's perfect. It's still a 24-7 full-time job, but it's just one that is not impossible. So that's the biggest thing. Hey, appreciate it, man. And, and thank you for um, the talk. It's been uh, amazing having you with us today um and and you've said a lot of stuff for um you know these 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 parents these families to take away um yeah um sorry the, the last thing i want to say is that like if anybody has any questions or anything about i know they obviously got you to reach out to but feel free to include my social media or my whatever my phone number whatever it is uh i'm also always available for any to help anybody go through this this college process because also the whole process of picking a school or that whole recruiting process as well it can be really overwhelming at times and having somebody there to kind of been through it all would really had really helped me in the past too so now don't feel free to to tell whoever watches this to reach out if they do have any questions i'm always here beautiful much 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 appreciated my guy yeah man no my pleasure i like that well Thanks all for watching uh, the Eurostepping. Uh, I think it's a great, great opportunity to get to get a little more insider information on how this whole college thing works. And uh, wish you all the best this journey you're pursuing yourself, man. And good luck and uh, go get it done. This is this is the Eurostepping.